The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And we are back. Like back, back again. Um, We did say two weeks ago that it might be an every other week thing. The good news for me is what was going on with my eye is getting better. So for the foreseeable future, I will likely not have to have appointments that coincide with our recording time. So that's... So that's good for everybody yeah. who has just been missing the consistency <laughs> of Sasha and I every week. <laughs> yes. No, it'll be good. Yeah. Sasha, how are you? I'm all right. I'm kind of, I don't know, blah, I guess is yeah. the best way to describe it. And I'm trying not to sneeze right now. Speaking of allergy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about allergies before we started recording because I was saying that I am um, feeling it right now more than it's just, it's just that time of the year. If you have seasonal allergies, it's everything is coming in bloom and that's amazing and great. But that also means that I get just a lot of congestion and I always know it's allergies because my eyes are also really itchy. And that's, that's your big indicator that, you know, I know right now it's always tough to know, like, is it COVID? Is it this? And for me, if my eyes are really itchy, I know Mm -hmm. that it's, it's allergies because that's usually not a sign of other illnesses. It's usually right. it's- thanks to all of the pollens of the world. Actually, I didn't even look to see if like the um, pollen level around us is like really high right now. Cause that's how I always know I'll open and I'm like, oh, yikes. Cause it's like, it'll be like very, very high. Let's see. Allergy is high in our area. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Cool. No big deal. Wonderful. Great. So I'm actually my primary uh, thing that I'm allergic to. I always say seasonal allergies, but it's specific trees. And those are all very high right now. So that's why I'm feeling it today. And especially when I've been driving through, like I've driven to Lincoln, driven to Grand Island. And when you drive through, like Mm -hmm. just feel like, I know I'm on the interstate, but I'm talking like there's a lot of farmland and people you know, are yeah. getting that ready and it's for the been 90 mile an hour winds every freaking day. So I that know. doesn't help either. <laughs> it no. just circulates everything. I just, oh my gosh, I, no one showed up to listen to me complain about allergies, but that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> What's really, really interesting though, is whenever you bring this up, and I think I actually said this on a recent podcast too, it's like, if I talk about my allergies on TikTok, for instance, the amount of people who come along and they want to offer like help and suggestions, like this is the first time I'm ever hearing about allergies or I've ever had allergies, Yeah. but you have to be like, it's like, it's, everyone's coming from a good place. So you like, don't want to get like defensive, mm-hmm. but it is hard. Cause it's like, I have gone through all kinds of things for my allergies. So I promise I am doing the best I can with what I have because yeah. they're not bad enough to need like the shot or any, like some people get 
like literally get shots for it. The one thing I have thought about, and I know some people do this and I should try to figure out where to get it from, but some people like swear by purchase honey, purchase local honey from your area yeah. and eat that because you get the natural pollens of your area through the consumption of the honey. Hmm. I need to try that. It's a good so idea. So it's like exposure. Yeah. Okay. I like so, that. And I like yeah. honey and I like supporting local. So exactly. The so, farmer's market starts in like a week and a half. Yeah. So, well, unless you're not in Nebraska and then you've probably right. had a farmer's market for like, <laughs> I see like people in California. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so rude. Y'all are jerks. Yeah. Ugh. Well, we won't just talk to you about allergies all day. <laughs> um, we do actually have, it's, it's sort of fitting because in our last episode, um, I brought this up to Sasha or, and I brought this up to all of you, I guess I should say, but I just said, you know, keep an eye on Sedona Prince and Mm -hmm. just observe the vilification of Sedona Prince. And what I meant by that, and I was starting to witness it firsthand is even when I went out to see her in February. So just a little backstory on sort of Sedona's like last year, a lot of people, most people are familiar with her, but if for some reason you aren't quick little backstory, Sedona Prince is a basketball player at the university of Oregon when Oregon made the NCAA tournament for the 2021, or it was like 2020, 2021 season. Um, she was the one who took to TikTok and other social media platforms to call out the NCAA's, um, mis- basically like mistreatment of women's athletes in the sense that like what the men were receiving was nowhere equal, nowhere equal to what the women were receiving. And it, it started from the swag that they, you know, they got to the food, to the fact that they said, well, we don't have any space for a weight room. So they gave them like a small little like rack of free weights and nothing else. And so she pans this, this convention center and there's this huge room that could have been available for a full size weight yeah. facility. So she called into, she called into question, basically, what are we doing here? Yeah. Now, Sedona has been fighting the fight against the NCAA much sooner than just that. I think a lot of people don't know. She actually filed a lawsuit against the NCAA before this ever happened about name, image and likeness, because as we know, the NCAA, even with the passing of passing of NIL, they basically just did not want to have to come up with any kind of standardized process for this. They pushed it to the schools. They pushed it to the States Mm -hmm. and Sedona sort of, along with some other athletes clearly saw that coming. And I'm talking like this, this lawsuit was filed, I believe in 2020, but essentially filed for the use of their name, image and likeness to profit off. Like they wanted to be able to profit off their NIL Mm -hmm. without the NCAA taking that, that lawsuit still hasn't been settled. So my point with that is Sedona has been, has been fighting the good fight mm-hmm. for not only women athletes, but athletes in total against the NCAA. Um, but whenever you one take on a challenge like she has, but also whenever you find newfound fame mm-hmm. as quickly as she has, it can come with both the perks and the potential negatives. And the reason I say that is in the last year, primarily because a lot of people, like I said, did not know about her lawsuit piece of this. They just know about the NCAA March Madness piece. 
Um, since that whole TikTok took off, I mean, her her following has skyrocketed into the millions. Um, she's being interviewed by everybody from mm-hmm. ESPN to, um, uh, I mean, Nebraska public media. Um, yeah. <laughs> but she also, beyond that, is getting invited to parties and to events like during the NCAA March Madness, the Women's March Madness Tournament. She was getting invited to um, sit in boxes alongside people like um, Sue Bird. Like, I mean, this is yeah. like she's her her star has skyrocketed, skyrocketed. And whenever that happens very quickly for anyone, you are thrust into a different world so quickly that you're trying to navigate this newfound fame and your role in it and what you want from it while people are sort of throwing expectations on top of you. Yeah. And it, it was one of those things where I was watching this for a while where I was thinking, you know, Sedona has sort of been writing, in my opinion, um, the high of this Mm -hmm. for a good amount of time where I'm like, when I made that comment, when I said, watch for the vilification of Sedona Prince, it was because we were starting to get into the world where I felt like things were going to start flipping on her. Yeah. And the reason why I said that at the time was because I started to see people who were frustrated by the fact that look at her so big for her britches, getting invited to hang out with people like Sue Bird and go on ESPN and do this. Like people being like, in my opinion, jealous. jealous. Yeah. Yeah. And that when that starts, it is a snowball effect. People latch onto it. The people who have been waiting in the wings for this moment are like, great. Other people are talking about it. Let's dive, let's dive onto this. Let's deal, like, let's deal with her. Let's talk about her. And it's like, it's not even trolls at that point. Like Mm -hmm. trolls have been there all along. These are people who never were going to be supporters of Sedona, or I'm going to just also point out some of these people that I've started to see this are people that on the face are telling you that they're supporters of women in sports, but have been waiting and like waiting for a moment to jump on this young woman because they either don't feel she has done things the way that she wants. They want it done or they feel like, Oh, she's selling out. I think that's a big thing is like the idea of selling out that people hop on. Um, All of that to say, which doesn't ever make sense to me, by the way, the whole like idea of selling out like you see it a lot like people say it to other people all the time um and then bands too it's like okay so am i am i just supposed to not take advantage of the the things that i've been working towards or that have landed in my lap because other people are envious of what's happening for me like it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense like why would a band i always use green day as an example like yeah listen to their first couple albums well then you know they landed a record deal and they sold a bunch of albums so are they just supposed to not get new equipment and not you know evolve their sound as a person not supposed to evolve or take advantage of of the circumstances they find themselves in like I just don't Mm -hmm. understand it doesn't make any sense to me well and a lot of times like Green Day for example because I I've always really liked Green Day Mm -hmm. um it's 
one of those things too, because I remember when um, American Idiot came out and that album, I'm just going to say to this day is one of the greatest albums that was ever created. Like, even if it's not your cup of tea, even if Green Day is not your cup of tea, the creativity and the thought that had to go into American Idiot because it was created not just to be an album, but it was a concept that could eventually become what it has become, which is a Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. Like that was what Billy Joe Armstrong wanted from that. He was telling a story. And honestly, in my opinion, he changed a lot of potential for other artists who wanted to con- do these concept albums in a similar way. So the my point with that, with Billy Joe Armstrong, is here he goes and alongside Green Day creates this, this album that has, to this day, people are like, it's, it's one of their best albums. Like, mm-hmm. whether or not you agree with it, it right. is one of their best albums as far as the conceptualization of it, mm-hmm. the creativity of it. Um but people jumped on top of them for being sellouts because like, look, you made this, like it was, it did lean more pop. Yeah. Um, it, it did, it did just kind of venture away from, I think what people wanted, wanted. Yes. And you start to get after it where you're like, Oh, they're a bunch of, you know, sellouts and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, when you're an artist, just like you think of, um, Paul McCartney and the Beatles mm-hmm. and their evolution. Um, or even when you think of um, Taylor Swift or when you think of, I think of 21 I, pilots a lot too. 21 um, pilots is a great example yeah. because they've did, did the exact same thing with trench. Sorry, everyone. Like one of my like side things is like, I'm obsessed with music and like the evolution of bands and artists and like their creativity that they yes. have to come up with. But 21 pilots when they decided they're going to go down, they're going to do this whole like trench experience, Mm -hmm. truly experience. But so here's what happened is as they like, so that was so far, like one, their, their second or their third album, excuse me, blows up. People Mm -hmm. are like, Oh, they sold out. Then they have trench and they're like, what? Like they're so different than they used to be. And now they're playing arenas and people are so mad at them for it. (laughs) It's just like, you can't, you can't, you can't win. Like you just can't, you become like, you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't, there's just nothing that you can do where people are happy. Um, Also, I just want to point out that American idiot. I love this. I'm reading this from Wikipedia because it's easy. But I love how when it first came out, it was generally positive reviews. I think that that's one where it's like almost like a cult classic where it became like, honestly, more and more people appreciated it as it like existed in the world Uh because Uh um, like Pitchfork deemed it ambitious, um, (laughs) which is a a kind (laughs) word for saying it sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, New York Times called it. Uh, it said it trumped any pretension with melody and sheer fever. So like um, it, it was just kind of interesting how the critical reception at first kind of matched, like what we're talking about where Mm -hmm. people were like, wait, this isn't what um, we were expecting, but now it's in Rolling Stones, hundred greatest albums of the last decade. Uh Um, It has become like, I mean, and they're not the only ones you look at all of it and it's become like um, I'm looking at all of it. They, won tons of different awards. They won the American Music Awards for it. Uh, it actually won Best Rock Album at the Grammys. It was nominated for Album of the Year. Um, so long story short, yeah. it was one of those ones where like, I think people started, this is not a podcast about Green Day and music, but it could be. But, 
but I, I mean, all of that to say, you know, like, I think that this, ha- I mean, we see it all the time in, in various different spaces. Um, something I saw um, from Brene Brown the other day um, was a clip about resentment and where it actually comes from. I think she was talking to her therapist or something like that, or a friend of hers. And they were like, well, you know, where resentment comes from, don't you? It comes from envy. So you're not resentful that the garbage is still sitting in the trash can. You're not resentful that someone else is, is prospering when you are not, you're envious of the fact that they are doing something that you would like to be doing. Like if the trash isn't being taken out and someone is sitting on the couch, watching TV, you're actually envious that that person is sitting down on the couch, watching TV, not resentful of the fact that the garbage is out is not out. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's true. I've, I've had to have kind of my own like rethinking because I have found even my own self that there are times where, for instance, I see others getting success. And I've actually had this realization in the last few days because my schedule recently has put me in a lot of situations where I've been around a lot of people. I have, um, been working on a lot of projects Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I have found that I walk into these situations um, in one headspace and I leave them in another because I leave and I start to feel inadequate. I start to feel like, are people talking badly about me? Are Mm. people, um, are people, you know, am I, am I not coming across the way that I want to? There was a very specific moment recently where I was in a group of people for work and I said something and, um, a couple of people turned to each other and I, I, I do not believe this to be true, but like they, I think we're just continuing a conversation mm-hmm. with one another, but my brain started going like, they're, oh, talking, they're talking about, about me. me. Mm-hmm. They're thinking that I'm being stupid, but like, I've had to kind of had a rethinking where I'm like, I am projecting onto them the things that I am still having to deal with myself. Mm-hmm. And you're right, because we're looking at the success of other people or we're looking at the way that they exist and we're expecting them to fit within our, we, it's almost like we want people to be successful, but not like that. Or we yeah. want people to do something, but in the way that we want it, or we want this, but not, not I'm your biggest like, cheerleader until you have too much success. <laughs> yes. And this is what is to go back to Sedona, what has happened mm-hmm. and what was really interesting since the last episode that we recorded two weeks prior to this, um, literally the evening before we started recording, she put a TikTok out. I sent it to Sasha mm-hmm. and, um, she explains essentially that she is going to be taking a break from social media. And the reason why is she explained, she loves when people come up and say hi to her. She loves when people ask for photos and everything like, and I, I can vouch for that having personally met her and have gotten to know her. She is somebody who truly um, just has embraced people wanting to see her and be around Mm -hmm. her. Now that doesn't mean it's easy, but she truly like has embraced that. What has happened though, is she was at a part. So what she's explaining is she was at a party over this last weekend where she was a friend of hers is a, is in a fraternity at the university of Oregon. She went to this party. She explained it was like a big block party situation. It wasn't like a small thing. It was a lot of people. Um, she's there. She obviously stands out. Um, she's mm-hmm. easy to recognize and she starts crying, telling the story of how people at first are, you know, asking for photos, saying hi, but people start shoving her and pushing her and hitting her to get her attention and I'm going to be honest, the way she she's much more um, 
kind in the way she explains this, because the way I envision this in her storytelling Mm. is she's seen it as people are doing this to get her attention. To be honest with you, I think people were doing this to be incredibly mean. I don't think that that shocks anyone. I think that the people who are pushing her and shoving her weren't trying to get photos with her. I think they were using that as a, Hey, I'm trying to get your attention, but they're using as an excuse to assault her and to put their hands on somebody that they shouldn't like, keep your hands to yourself. Mm -hmm. This whole thing though, this is not the only reason she's leaving social media. She goes on to say she has found that she does not like who she's becoming right now. She feels that she is acting out and being someone she doesn't want to be. And so for her sake of her mental health, her girlfriend's mental health, the people around her, she has to take a step back because she is not liking who she is. So the wild yeah. part is, is this is this experience that has happened to her and these things that are happening to her, but she is saying, I don't like who I'm becoming because of who she is having to be in response to how people are treating her. Yep. And I have been observing this over the last like month or two where I'm like, Sedona is hitting that point where people want to see her fail. Now Mm -hmm. she is hitting that point where people are. And I think what kind of triggered this for me is when Oregon lost in the first round of the um, March Madness, March Madness tournament. She had a lot of people who were like, if only you'd cared more about basketball. And like, it's just, (sighs) I don't understand why as a society, we, we just wait for people to fail so that we can like, jump on top of that. Mm -hmm. But that is what, in my opinion, I started to watch happen is that people were getting ready to pounce. And it's been kind of a slow build over this last month, month and a half. But I, like, I hate being like, I kind of saw this coming. This is not Sedona's fault. I want to be clear. I am not in any way saying this is her fault. I'm just saying from an outsider's perspective, I feel like I've been watching this build and it just felt like it, ticking time bomb until Mm -hmm. people were like now's our chance to just like go after her and the really sad part is while a lot of people are being very supportive she had to turn off the comments on that tiktok video because she knew people would get come into her comments and leave awful Mm -hmm. like they would leave awful comments about how she's being weak or oh you're like if you block people on twitter you're being like you can't oh look at you you can't like handle it like, it's just this. No, like, I'm just mind not going to put up with it. Like, yeah, it's that, a mind game. It just, I, we talk about this a lot, but I have like a love hate relationship with social media for this, for this very reason. You see it happen all the time in various different spaces. And what we were talking about yesterday, and I think the thing that's the most heartbreaking to me is knowing how important of a voice she is in the space that she is occupying. And when, People stop treating people like human beings that are behind an account is when we start turning people away from important spaces and we -hmm. we start turning off important voices. We've seen it happen. I mean, on Twitter, there have been a, a lot of people in the sports world who have left Twitter because people are just so awful, terrible. Yeah, it's. I, we were talking about this last night. Um, I was saying to Sasha, like we drive people away from the spaces in which we need them. We need their voices. And the irony of it, the irony of this, especially right now with what is happening with the purchase of Twitter by Elon mm. Musk and the discussion of free speech, 
Um, there are a lot of people who have this like, and look, y'all, somebody, if you, if you really want to come and debate me on this, fine. I, I really like have, I got frustrated yesterday about it because I don't. Okay. Let me put my thoughts together here with the purchase of Twitter and taking it private again. I, as a journalist have concerns about the I have concerns about how the direction of social media is going in in ways like this and has nothing to do with Elon Musk. I want to be clear. I really don't care what your opinions of him are. It does not matter in this term. I am concerned by an individual who is so openly talking about wanting to restore free speech and all of these things. And I say that because what happens is when I when I start talking about this, people go they have a couple of arguments as they talk about like, well, Elon Musk doesn't agree with like, you know, Donald Trump, for example. No, he doesn't. But he will reinstate him on the app because based on what he is saying, this is what it in. So here's the point. Yeah. This is not political. I also want to be clear. None of this is politics for Elon. Like none of this is politics. But. The the issue with what has become of and it's not just Twitter, we see it in a lot of different spaces. We see it in a lot of social spaces. And some mm-hmm. of this is just inherently like who we are when we're given these, these platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but what concerns me is the free speech is not freedom of consequence. Yeah. And there's sort of become this like consequence free nature of social media. And Twitter became one of the worst examples of it. It still is. Here's the thing, booting some people off of Twitter for breaking terms and services, which a, a company like Twitter is allowed to have and will have to remain. Like, I think people yeah. are failing to understand this, like even owned by Elon Musk, there will have to be terms of service that you, if like you break the guidelines, like, sorry, like that is yeah. not like freedom of speech is not freedom of consequence. And for me, I would argue that even like, I think that we hyper-focus on some of these big accounts that have, you know, lost their access and all yeah. of this stuff. But like, there are people who are still getting harassed every single day on this app and nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you submit it and you tell people, Hey, this person is like literally threatening me. And Twitter responds with like, Oh, it doesn't seem that they've broken our terms of service. Right. Like that, this is where I'm like, this is the stuff that like, when I think about what is going to happen now with Twitter as a private company is there's, there's reason to be concerned about that as well. And I, I'm I, this is like too too much of like a bigger discussion that like I won't sit here and like bore you all with it, but I will encourage you. I, I listen to this incredible group of people on Twitter. If you ever see everyone listening, if you ever see when you're I, I know people kind of like to like make fun of Twitter spaces, but they can be really great. It's like a, a radio broadcast. I kind of love it. Yeah, there was um, and I, I they were recording it, so I bet it still shows up. Let me see if it pops up for me. It should pop up in a. In yeah, a there was Axios did one yesterday after the sale of Twitter by Elon to kind of talk through some of this, and I think you know there's a lot of reality checks here where it's like there's still going to have to be content moderation, just like yes. anywhere. But like, what does that content moderation look like now? Because these spaces aren't safe to begin with. Right. Um, do they become more unsafe? That's the question that I think people are having is like, what does Twitter look like now? Like with this idea of free speech being like the fundamental p- paramount of this, um, what does it look like? Because for me, yeah. again, 
just looking through my journalist view, like freedom of speech, again, is not freedom of consequence. You can go and say anything you want, but that does not, for instance, you cannot go walk into a crowded theater and yell fire. Mm -hmm. It is not a protected, it is not protected speech. You have the freedom to do it if you want to, but don't be surprised when you get arrested. Like Mm -hmm. that's the stuff where it's like all of this to say, because I'm on like this, like tangent of a tangent of a tangent we are driving people away from these spaces. And so like, I understand that like in the purchase of this, Elon Musk is going, I'm going to restore freedom of speech and make this a space that like people want to come and talk and blah, 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 blah. I, okay. I'll see it when I believe it, because here's the problem. You might reinstate some people to create this freedom of speech, but you are still going to inevitably drive people away. You might not be banning them from your space. But you're still going to drive people away because we are already driving people away. So that is more of my concern is if you're going to talk about freedom of speech, let's not be so focused on like reinstating a person who's already broken the terms and services as they exist right now. And let's focus on the fact that we're driving people who we need their voices as well Mm -hmm. to stay because they're getting trolled by people to an endless. They're getting trolled. They're getting docs. They're getting like literally. Okay. Sorry, last little tangent on this. I literally watched a creator on TikTok that I love who just talks about like royal family stuff get harassed by people on Twitter because they didn't agree with what she was talking about. It's like, what are you doing? Like, why is this? And so this already exists in this space on Twitter. So it's again, Mm. I'm sorry. I don't really care so much about the people who've already broken the terms and services and reinstating them for quote unquote free speech when like, who are we still going to end up driving away from this app? Like, that's how I, that's what I want to address is like, how do we keep people in spaces where we need their voices without them feeling like I can't be here Mm -hmm. because people are just going to just like there's only so much your mental health can take before you're like, I, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. I don't know if any of that makes sense to anyone. That is just where I'm at is like, that was a long winded explanation of like why this whole Twitter thing to me, I both care and don't care. I just think that like, we're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. I, I saw that. Well, I got a text about it actually yesterday and I was, and the person who sent it to me was just like, I'm like, I'm taking down my accounts if that's what this is going to be. <laughs> and I was like, I, I mean, I saw that I haven't checked the app. I don't have any, I have no desire to, I've, I left, I, I mean, I'm still on Twitter, but like, not really. Cause for me, it just is mentally exhausting. Um, seeing people get trolled um, and, and then reading comment sections on, on information that needs to be put out there because it's, information that, um, I mean, there's some Nebraska legislature stuff that was going on a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this thread because if this information wasn't put out there, I probably wouldn't have seen it or been made aware of it, but it's really hard to ignore some of just the God awful things people say because they don't agree or they think someone's lying or whatever it's in it ends up becoming political for some reason, 90% of the time, it seems like, and it's just freaking exhausting. So I try not to, unless I'm making a joke or being sarcastic or, you know, promoting this podcast or meathead test kitchen, (laughs) I'm not really on there, but you see it now more and more and more on TikTok too. Mm -hmm. Um, You see, I mean, hell, I'm, we don't, Instagram's kind of what it is at this point. I feel like it's kind of waning, you know, 
Um, it's honestly you know, for the best with Instagram because it's just becoming just it is what it is. Like, who yeah. would have thought that like Mark Zuckerberg would inadvertently just like stumble himself into like a platform that people are just like, eh. he's got so much to worry about with Facebook and battling every problem there and like misinformation, all of this as well. Yeah. So Instagram can just keep existing as like whatever is happening there right now. Yeah. <laughs> But we see it, you know, you see it on TikTok all the time. It If you land on the wrong side of the app, it, it's, it can be really brutal. And unless you are able to, which sucks, and I hate saying this out loud, are one able to make a joke about it or let it roll off your back or ignore it entirely when someone makes a shitty comment, it can be not a great place space to be either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of started bringing it up yes- yesterday when we were talking, it's like, I, I love like, you know, taking up space on that app, putting out information that we think that people should know and trying to tackle, you know, whatever, but sometimes depending on the day, <laughs> it can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, cause if something blows up or even goes quite like gets, you know, several thousand views, you are inevitably going to have somebody who is just going to try to tear you down, make you feel bad, tell you you're wrong, um, tell you you don't belong in a space. Um, And I think sometimes it may be because we happen to be uh, females. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's, it's uh, for sure. Like, yeah, sorry. I, yeah. Being women definitely makes it even harder being on social media. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I found myself, you know, we kind of had touched on this a few weeks ago, but I found myself, um, especially when I was specifically working um, in sports media, um, but just in general, I felt like I was censoring myself a lot, specifically on Twitter. And I don't have that many followers. I have enough, um, Mm -hmm. but I, I found myself censoring myself just like my personality, because I didn't want to offend anybody. I was worried about being too loud or, you know, being too sarcastic and it lands in the wrong spot. And then people are like, Oh my God, you don't know what you're talking about. And I didn't want to deal with that because on a given day, sometimes I can handle it. And other days it can really make me feel terrible. And mm-hmm. so I, that's kind of why I stopped going on Twitter so much. Not that it happened very often, but I didn't, I didn't like that. I was censoring myself. Yeah. And the thing, like I, I say with like, with Twitter, cause like, so actually what's interesting in this whole, I promise this all makes sense in context of like what we were talking about with like Sedona, I promise. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, So what's really interesting about Twitter, and this was part of what I saw Elon Musk recently talk about when he was originally trying to, you know, become a majority owner through, um, he wanted to join the like board and do all this. And then they were going to do the whole poison pill situation, Mm -hmm. like all of this stuff. But anyway, he talked about how, um, his, his whole thing was kind of like, um, He's he's talked a lot about like, you know, wanting to combat censorship. And the interesting thing, and this is what I go back to, and this is exactly what you're saying too. It's it's all kind of there's a difference in um there's a difference in saying like, okay, I'm going to reinstate accounts or I'm going to allow for things to be discussed on Twitter that were maybe previously um viewed as 
a, I don't know, like they ultimately would have um, not been a, I'm trying so hard to like, think of how I want to say this long story short, like he, he has made it clear that he wants Twitter to be a space where people can say just about whatever they want to say. And obviously there will still have to be moderation with that. Even I am not like, even I am not going to like go and be an alarmist in the sense that like, there won't be any content moderation. That's, that's not, that's simply not true. Mm -hmm. But when we think of like, to bring up Mark Zuckerberg and the way that he sort of approached things with Facebook, money spoke Mm -hmm. with Mark Zuckerberg and he allowed the space that he had created to be overrun by bad faith actors who wanted, you know, to use that space to spread misinformation and to create confusion and to be honest, chaos. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I like, I, I just, I grow concerned with what is happening here that like, again, it's not about like giving freedom of speech to everyone, like under whatever you identify, like whatever you decide that that definition looks like for the space that you now own, because he's going to take it private. So private companies can do whatever they want. Um, So he can determine that free speech is whatever he wants it to be on this platform that he now owns. So I'm less concerned in my mind again about that piece of it. I'm more concerned about Twitter becoming almost self-censored because of the people who will leave. And I don't love this conversation that I'm seeing. And I, I open Twitter of people who are like, that's fine. If the liberals want to leave. No, 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 no. I, I'm so tired of things becoming political or liberal versus conservative or mm-hmm. Republican versus Democrat. We're all human beings at the end of the day. So this is my point with that. There are people we talk about, like <laughs> the irony of this, the fact that we say like, well, we shouldn't be silencing people's voices. Okay. But like with Sedona Prince saying, I need to take a step back. I can't be here. Like this space is negatively harming me. Are we having that same conversation about her? Are we having that same reflection of what have we created that is not allowing this person to feel safe here, not allowing them to feel heard, not allowing for them to feel like they can speak. Um, I don't think at this point I censor myself on Twitter. I just like, I actually have talked about this on this podcast. I talked about it on TikTok. When I think about like my growth on Twitter, I grew really exponentially quick in like the mid to 2010s. And the reason why is because I felt like I was like, I was using the platform to serve people in the way that I thought that they want what they wanted from me. So it was yep. a lot of like Husker talk, a lot of football, mm-hmm. a lot of this. I eventually at some point was just like, you know, I have other interests beyond just this. This is my account. The amount of people who has, even to this day come into my account, or come into my mentions and tell me like, can't you use your personal account for opinions like this? This is my, this, my account. Twitter account is literally at Aaron Sorensen. Like right. what is more personal than this being my name? This is me. This mm-hmm. is my account. And just because I have a job that is public facing that allows you access. access to me does not mean that I suddenly am not allowed to discuss other things. It's really amazing because people don't come and get out, get on my ass about like when I talk about Chipotle but they do when right. I talk about things like this. Yep. And so like, I have seen my Twitter growth slow. Um, now there will be little spikes here and there where people like, I will start talking about sports and people will be like, yeah, here I am. And then they get slapped with a tweet where I'm talking about, you know, treating women equally. And like, for some reason that just like sets them off. But mm-hmm. 
here's again, my only thing through all of this, like in Sedona is an example of this, unfortunately, recently is what are we accomplishing when we, when we push people away from these spaces, we can, we can shout, Elon Musk can shout about free speech all he wants and reinstating people and bringing the platform more transparency and fixing the algorithm and all this crap. And that's fine. I like, okay, whatever. Yeah. My question for him would be, how are you going to make this a space then through all of this gibberish? How are you going to make this a space that still is welcoming and and inclusive and allows for voices to be heard? Because the irony of this is people who are yelling about how this is going to be him bringing that back to the platform don't realize People have been leaving this platform for a whole bunch of reasons already that have Mm -hmm. nothing to do with like censorship. They just don't want to be here anymore. And that that is a that is a mistake for us all because we lose important voices in the process of it. And I know there's somebody out there hearing me say that where that's going to be. Let's going to think like, well, what about voices? I don't have a problem with somebody who I don't agree with having a platform (laughs) i am capable of scrolling by i am capable of blocking there are so many people that aren't and that's the problem that is now i do want to just point out hate speech and certain like there are certain speech that is not protected so like um if somebody breaks uh terms and violations of a platform that they are on because they teeter into those worlds like sorry i i can't like free speech again (laughs) for the 80th time, it's not freedom of consequence. You can say whatever you want, but it doesn't mean there isn't potential consequence from that. I I can't, I can't like help. Like, I I think there's like a fundamental misunderstanding of what's free speech is anymore that like, I think people think you can just say whatever Whatever you want want, and and no one's going to say anything to you about it. That's not how it works. Um, works. But I, 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 I will say this. I agree with people when they talk about like, you shouldn't, you know, chase voices away from platforms. I agree. Yeah. There are there are people who I don't agree with on a fundamental level that, you know, shouldn't be chased away from platforms either. Now, if you're inciting if you're inciting violence and hate, that's it. I have a different perspective on that with you. Yeah. But like if you're just somebody who I don't necessarily agree with your points, but we're fine. I, I yeah. again, I don't know if this is making any sense anyway. No, I, I, th- just, I think you have to have. Equal representation of any side of an argument, but that is does not include inciting violence, hate speech, homophobia, anything else that falls under that umbrella. Like you don't just get to go out into the world and say whatever, what literally whatever you want to and not have a consequence for your actions or your words. Every single choice you make in life, whether that means taking a new job, anything that you're doing. Anything that you're saying has a consequence, positive or negative or somewhere in between. So that's, you know, as adults, as human beings, we should know that you would think, but sometimes it seems like some people don't. Um, and they think that they can just, you know, say whatever to whomever, whenever they want, because they don't have to, they, you know, sometimes don't face any consequences whatsoever. There are yeah. consequences to, to any action or inaction you take. Yeah, it's just it's so hard because like the nuance of these conversations Mm -hmm. and here's the thing. 
I, I would say most of our listenership like understands yeah. where we're coming from. You, you understand that you understand where I lean more than where I don't, mm-hmm. but I just, I get really, it kind of goes back into this, this, what I say all the time that representation matters when mm-hmm. you can see something or when you can hear it, like it, 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 it makes the world more possible. And so like, I think of someone like Sedona Prince, who is a, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's on together's platforms. Um, but a dad brought his daughter to Mm. Minneapolis to hopefully meet Sedona because she had felt confident and comfortable coming out to her friends and family because of Sedona. Mm -hmm. She saw Sedona Prince being, um, amazing, at her sport, but also being authentically who she was. And that inspired this young woman. And you imagine how many of these girls and young women out in this world are looking at someone like Sedona and going like, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And that's my point of like, not chasing people away from these spaces where they can be seen and they can be heard because it only harms those who then don't get to see them. They don't get to need it. Yeah. And they need it. And I think that's the dangerous part when we kind of teeter into these worlds of like, um, you know, well, if you can't, if you can't take it, like if you can't take the heat, then get on out. Like, no, I mean, if the roles were reversed, I don't think that, that anyone who's saying that hasn't encountered whatever they're saying to get over. And if they were, they wouldn't be saying that. I think. Um, I think the hardest part for me, and this is kind of goes back into a conversation that we've talked about many times before. And I try to check myself on this. I have a, I have a, I have a lot of privilege as a white woman. Like there are a lot of things that benefit me because of the color of my skin. And I, whenever we talk about this, there's, you know, people who get upset because they're like, my life has been hard. It's not saying your life hasn't been hard. Your life can be you can have faced a number of challenges and that is completely valid mm-hmm. and completely like understandable, but that it just hasn't been made harder because of the color of your skin, or it hasn't been made harder because of whatever challenges, um, might, you know, might come your way. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes like we don't realize like how much, how much that diversity is needed when we are not the person who needs it. So yeah. for, for me, like when I talk about when I was growing up, not having women to really look at and under like in how now I'm so envious of young women who have like a, have like a um, group, a camaraderie with one another, because mm-hmm. there's more than just one of them. There's a group of women and how I'm so envious of that, where I'm like, that has to be, even if they don't all aren't best friends, it's fine. Who cares? At least you have like the support system of like, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot. Um, I, I, for full reference to everyone, I had this conversation just recently and I hadn't had this conversation out loud in like ever, but do you know what it's like to be a woman in sports who has not seen another woman on my beat in my space, who's been pregnant. I've literally not watched another woman be pregnant, like in my space, Mm -hmm. in the job that I'm doing. So like, if I want to have a kid, like there's a lot of like, 
Like if that is my choice and I want to have a child, do you know like how like strange this is for me to have to think about like what, what is that experience like? I've seen my coworkers that are men have children, but they're not the one carrying that child. Mm -hmm. They're not the one having to go to practices and go through, um, everyday life. They're not going to have to be on a sideline shooting something or having to navigate a world that like, I haven't witnessed somebody now in like, I feel like when I bring these things up, somebody could reasonably go like, Oh, well, um, Samantha Ponder, she had kids. Yeah. She's, she's in an entirely different sphere than I am. I'm talking like in my world, I have not witnessed this, Mm -hmm. like have not seen another woman do it. And so great, like super fun that like I get to navigate this, but like, it's just, and I'm not announcing that I'm pregnant anyway. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I'm just saying, like, if that is a choice that I make in my life, it's something that I have not witnessed. Right. And so when we talk about like, so my point with this is these are the things where like, I wish there was representation that I had to look to, but like mm-hmm. I'm hyper-focused in the representation that I need because it is what I need. Right. So I I am not always cognizant enough, aware enough of like how much a person of color needs that as well. How yep. much they need somebody to like be there too. And mm-hmm. I think when we don't, when we chase that representation away and we make it harder for that representation to exist in spaces without, you know, having to like literally sacrifice their mental health to do it. It is a, it's a, it's a shame because it will affect others who now suddenly it's not are just like, the person that we're chasing out. It's a whole group of people that are affected by that voice. Now, not representing them in a space is, mm-hmm. is kind of what we're getting at here. And like, I, when you, when you put it that way, really a lot of the conversations we end up having this on this podcast are trying to shed light on a different perspective. And I think that they're important. And that's why we continue to have these conversations because when you just said that I'm constantly learning too. I hadn't even taken into consideration. It's not just the person, it's the trickle down effect of Mm -hmm. all of the other people that are then affected by not having representation, not having a voice that, you know, they look up to or, or find solace in knowing that they're not alone, knowing that it's possible for them to take up space. And, you know, it's encouraging to see that. We've talked a lot about this, uh, that on this podcast, from our perspective of just seeing other women in these spaces, you don't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like it's the things that you want to achieve in your life are insurmountable because someone else is doing that in a bigger space than the one that you're currently occupying. Um, So that's why this is important. That's why we want to talk about this today, because you've got to have representation. And when we, when we chase people out who are a, a profound voice in these spaces, it's, it's not just one person that's being affected. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I am sad that she had to, that Sedona had to make that video. Um, but I am also in the same breath, proud of her for recognizing and being willing to talk about the fact that this is negatively affecting her um, mm-hmm. and and taking the time to, to do whatever work she needs to do because I think that that's important too because someone saw that video and didn't feel alone or maybe that was like the little nudge they needed to 
take care of whatever they might need to be taking care of. So like list actively listening to other people and recognizing that just because you don't agree with somebody or you're envious of whatever they might have, doesn't mean that they don't deserve to, to be in that space. It might be important to someone else. And just because it may not be important to you, doesn't mean it's not important to other people. Exactly. And I just, you know, here's the thing. I hope for every young person or every person doesn't have to be a young person, any person who watched Sedona's video and felt like, oof, I under, I feel this. Like, I, I hope that they, I hope that they also through that recognize that they're not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. I hope that they recognize that like, there's, there are people out there that feel the way they do now for me. It's like for those of us, and I say this for those of us that have points of privilege, um, it is now on us to continue talk. So for me, it's like until Sedona feels comfortable returning to social media, it is on me to be that voice and to keep amplifying the messages that are important for people to see. And I would hope that like someone would do the same. If I said, I need to take a break, somebody else would step up. We can't just then allow those voices to be um, silenced through um, them needing to take a break. We all need to be able to take a break and take a step back, but we should be able to also then pick up and carry the load for a little while. And that's when we talk about allies and how important allies are. It's that's why it's so important for us to do that work. And, um, I always appreciate it. I see, um, I see this on Twitter quite a bit from some people I really respect who talk about, like, you cannot, you cannot do your best work if you're tired or you're, um, overworked or you're overwhelmed supposed to fill a cup with a pitcher that's empty. Yep. So if you have to take a break, take a break, but then that's on us to the rest of us to step up in place while that person is working on refilling their own pitcher. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just really encourage, like I said this two weeks ago when I said, you know, kind of keep an eye on this vilification of Sedona Prince, not because she deserves to be vilified. She absolutely does not. Um, but watch how this happens elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Watch when you start to see this with other people, other creators, other. It, I think what's been really interesting about this whole Twitter thing is there's been a lot of focus on, again, it kind of has gone into the political thing piece of it. I think there's been a lot of focus on, um, you know, quote unquote, and I, I say quote unquote, because it, it's a loose term, but like quote unquote conservatives being driven from a space. But I just want to like point out that like, we're, we're so hyper-focused on, you know, again, people who've had their accounts disabled or whatever, but like, Mm -hmm. we're not actively focusing on the people that we're pushing away and we're losing those voices. And, um, you see those comments where it's like, well, I'm just going to go elsewhere. The reality is people aren't going to delete their Twitter accounts for the most part. Like I'm not going to probably, I won't delete my Twitter account anytime soon, at least not over this. And, um, my use of Twitter has changed because of the way it makes me feel like Mm -hmm. I don't always feel good when I leave Twitter. So that has nothing to do with the ownership. It has to do with the way that we approach social media. I have no idea what it's going to look like, but we need to, we need to really reevaluate how we treat people 
across all social platforms, but then also in real life. Because the thing is, is I'm starting to see a lot of this teeter into real life too, the way that Sedona was being pushed and assaulted. Like we always make that thing where, oh, these people wouldn't say it to my face. People are starting to do that. They're so emboldened to do that. This is a bigger discussion that we don't have time for just on this podcast. But I guess my, my, my challenge is just be aware mm-hmm. as you're seeing this, take mental note of it. Um, and ask yourself how we can change this because this is not going to be solved overnight because of the change in ownership of one social platform to another person. It's not going to like, these are fundamental things that we need to ask ourselves and address. And right now it just makes me really sad that we continue to make these spaces unsafe for people to Mm -hmm. exist. And we've got to figure that out. Yeah. I hope, I hope that I'm not correct um, and that it probably will likely get much worse before it gets better. But I hope that maybe everyone in the world will listen to this podcast and be like, you know what? You're right. Maybe I should be more aware of of (laughs) the internet and these spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, But hopefully locally, at least by continuing to have these conversations, it continues to be top of mind and perspective is, you know, maybe tweaked a little bit. Um, so yeah, we appreciate you guys listening as we, as we continue these conversations and work through sometimes the jumble that is, (laughs) I know my brain, like I, I have a hard time sometimes putting into words what I'm trying to get across. I think that our listeners understand (laughs) what I'm saying. Oh, (laughs) I, I like this whole episode. I'm thinking I'm just processing. So let's end with this. If you were to ask, what can I do right now? What can I do? Here's what I don't want you to do. Don't go tweet at Sedona. Even if you think you're doing it from a place of love right now, don't, don't go tweet at her or, um, try to post on something and be like, so I love you because I'm going to tell you right now when you're in a space that she's in, that is an overwhelming feeling love or not mm-hmm. to just have like an onslaught of people. Like it makes you feel like you have to then t- acknowledge to people how much you appreciate them doing that. So if you're like, but I'd like to support her, how can I do that? Again, go be an ally somewhere, go continue a conversation, go talk about this, go bring awareness to that is going to be more fundamental in helping um, the very thing she is talking about versus she will know you support her and love her by doing that. So go, go just be an active listener, go be an active ally and listen and see where you can make a difference in your community by just continuing this conversation of like, how do we make spaces more inclusive and not drive people away from them. Yeah. That is your, that is your challenge. It's a challenge for all of us. hundred so, percent. Well, we appreciate you as always for listening and for bearing with us as we, <laughs> we sort through our own thoughts. Um, we will be back next week. We will not have a break unless like knock on wood, nothing happens, but we will be back next week with more. If you have any thoughts, questions, anything, you can email us at mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. You can also tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha 72. You are the best parts of Twitter. So feel free to tweet at us. Like we love it. (laughs) And again, we'll be back next week. Thank you as always for listening. We will talk to you later. Bye. A Huda Media Production.